Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Connecting Soul Beings podcast, offering you inspiration, tips, and learning about tuning into the language of your soul and gain a deep, intuitive understanding of your inner self, your guides, and the animals around you, so you are able to live from your heart with grace, love, and gratitude. We bring together spiritual leaders, energy healers, and awakened humans, so we are able to collaborate and help you feeling loved, joyful, and free by providing clear direction on how to connect soul to soul. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to another episode of the Connecting Soul Beings podcast. This particular episode was recorded during the 2018 Connecting Soul Being Summit. This summit contains 28 experts and thought leaders, and we created this event to help conscious, self-aware soul beings and animal lovers to have inspiration and practical guidance on how to feel connected and in alignment, filled with beautiful energy. You can also watch the videos of these episodes on our YouTube channel, which is listed in the show notes. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another wonderful day here at the online summit Connecting Soul Beings. Today I'd love to introduce you to Ruth Hatton. Ruth is from Queensland, Australia, and she is an animal lover, spiritually growing. She is an animal naturopath a Reiki healer, and a lawyer. So she is sharing today how we can help our animals from a natural way, how we can help them with natural foods, and what a plant-based diet does for us in terms of having a better connection soul to soul with the animals as well. I'm sure you're gonna enjoy this conversation. So grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee and enjoy it. Thank you, Ruth. So wonderful to have you here. Thank you, Bianca. It's lovely to be here. Awesome. Now you're in Queensland, aren't you? Yes. Yes, oh, I am. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. So um, I was actually reading through some of your, your website and we had a bit of a talk about, you know, your introductions and you've got a very varied spectrum of expertise, um, being a lawyer and an animal naturopath. Um, I'd love to find out more about you and obviously the audience as well. Yeah, so it's, um, I do, there's quite a few things that I do. Um, but the one thing, well, putting, well, some of law as well, because I am about to start again, doing some more animal law work, Hmm. Uh, but mainly my legal experiences in construction law, which is totally unrelated to the work that I do in my businesses, which is not really work. But the, the common thread between the things that I do, with the exception of being a construction lawyer, is um, my, love, my love for animals. Um, and essentially I've created, I wanted to create a career, a life, where I would be, where the focus would be animals. So not only then would my personal life be focused around animals through, you know, who I spend my time with, um, who I live with, and what I eat and things like that, but also from a more um, work, working day perspective, um, how do I bring the animals into that? Um, And so I I love health, I love nature. And so all of these things were um, ideas that were flowing around my my brain when I was like, you know what, I don't want to be a lawyer for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, Whereas I want to find something that I could do for the rest of my life 
and therefore it needs to involve animals. Um, And so through my love of animals, through my love of nature, through my love of good, healthy, um, health-promoting food, I stumbled with the assistance of my mother, stumbled across animal naturopathy. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to help. I want to, I want to help the animals um, who we share our lives with. Um, and it allows me to tap into my, my love for nature and for health because I, my approach is a hundred percent natural approach for the health and wellness of animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the vegan, the plant-based side of things that I'm also very passionate about. Um, I created through people keeping, um, continuing to say to me, why, why don't you like make a business out of helping people eat vegan? And I'm like, yeah, but there's so much stuff on the internet. Like people can just research and find it themselves. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, Time after time after time of people saying to me, you should really do this as like a, as a, as a, use this as a business model kind of thing. I was like, you know what? I'd already started Sahaja Animal Healing, which is my animal naturopathy business. So I'd already learned a lot of things through that process. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start it. I'm just going to start a plant-based coaching business. I, at that point I was, you know, I'd been eating a plant-based diet for um, 20 26, 27 years. Wow. Um, so I was, and working with a lot of, um, because I'm so like addicted to living the best life I can from a healthy perspective, mm. I've worked, spent a lot of time working with professionals in a lot of different fields to formulate a diet for me that gives me what I need. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to start it. I'm going to call it the whole plant living co because it's not just how to eat a plant-based diet. It's how to, how to eat a whole foods plant-based mm. diet um and i didn't call it vegan because i didn't want to limit my uh my my access to people because as far as i'm concerned the more people even if they just reduce their meat consumption of course i would love it, the whole world to be vegan mm. you know that's my mm. dream yeah we all do <laughs> um, yeah but it's like if i can help someone if they just want to reduce it by you know 20 percent I want to be able to help them that help them mm-hmm. with that. I'm not going to be help them with help. I'm not going to be able to help them with that if I only do vegan coaching. Yeah. And so I didn't want to restrict it to that um, niche. So yeah. And as I said, it all, it all, it's all about helping animals and with plant-based coaching, it provides me with that, um, the means of indirectly assisting animals. So, um, whereas the animal naturopathy helps me with the direct, um, direct interaction, direct assistance to the animals mm. that we surround ourselves with in our homes. Yeah, fantastic. Wow, wonderful. Um, yeah, I so agree with you as well. I mean, promoting the plant-based focus is so important, you know, the, from every level. Yeah. And, and um, I've experienced that personally as well. It's, it's just so amazing to, to understand what the positive sides of that is, mm. not just for, for us, but also for the animals. Yeah. You know, so that's amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, we've seen your cat tail coming past the camera before yeah. when we were chatting. So it's really amazing to have them in the room as well. Sleeping so in my at the moment. I'm trying to sleep. 
yeah so fantastic now what what i would love to find out from you is plant-based living and um the naturopathy that you apply because i'm assuming that you don't just apply that for the animals you also work that for yourself um and for, for myself you. yes yeah. i'm not a human naturopath um, yeah yeah I, but for myself i use you know naturopathic principles for my own health mm, mm. Um, and so that my knowledge of that has, has helped me through um the, pro the learning the studying and the progression of my business as an animal naturopath because i already had that solid grounding from the human perspective yes, yes. not from studies well not from formal studies but from my own i'm a keen mad researcher yeah um, and i spent a lot of time going what about this food and what are its benefits and what about this new product and reading labels i'm like you know what that's marketed as healthy, but it's, it's crap. Yes. So oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely that linkage there. There's just a difference between what I eat mm. and what I recommend animals eat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I would love to tap into that a little bit later as well around the animal, you know, focus and the animal foods and things like that as well. Cause that's a massive big area that there's quite a bit of confusion around I've experienced. Yeah. Um, but my question, um, was leading up to is how does plant-based foods and, and naturopathy, how will that help us to have a better learning around everything that's to do with energy work and being more connected to nature and be more connected to ourselves. Um, and also for us, you know, being so passionate about animals too, how that helps our connection with animals. So in your experience, how does that tie in together? Yeah, I mean, for me, I stopped, I started to stop eating animals when I was 11. Mm -hmm. um, so I, my perspective is often different to someone who, say, stops eating animals when they're 40, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I found, as a little girl, I always loved animals, had a great connection with them. Still to this day, I prefer to spend my time with animals than humans. Animals are a lot more, animals are a lot more, <laughs> sorry people, I love you too, um, but I, animals have more peace within mm. them and yeah. so I want to feel peace within me. Life mm. is hectic out there. I'm an introvert, proud introvert, shouting from the rooftops and so when I'm with animals, it's I feel more relaxed. Yeah. And I want that feeling all the time. Fortunately, I'm, I'm not that. Um, skilled up on how to have that feeling all the time. Um, anyway, I forgot your, oh, yes, connection. Yeah. So I guess, um, and I guess for me it's, the biggest thing for me is that not eating animals, I, I have a greater respect for animals. Mm -hmm. I, I have an appreciation for them as individual beings. Um, I feel the pain and the suffering um, that animals endure um, when they're being produced for food. And, and I wonder if I didn't stop eating meat at such an early age, would that connection, that understanding have been as strong as it is? Mm -hmm. um, and so I... I, it's a hard question to answer because it's quite 
I mean, it's a philosophical question. I've, I've done a lot of yoga in my time as well. And you, when you look at yogic principles about purity and dharma um, and things, the suffering that is in the meat, because the animals suffered as a result of getting that meat from them, the, the transference of that suffering through to the end product, um, the stress, if you want to look at it from a scientific perspective, the stress hormones um, and, you know, whether they're still there when the person sits down and eats the meat. Um, if you're eating that, you're eat, then you're eating the suffering. Yes. What is the impact of that on you? Mm-hmm. If everything everything we absorb has an impact within our body. We have these brilliant elimination organs inside of us that filter out the things that do not serve us. How do those elimination organs filter out the suffering? Mm -hmm. What is happening at a deeper level that we can't see when we're consuming suffering? Does it have an effect on our psyche? Does it have an effect on our spirit? Um... I believe it does. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that answers your question. I don't, like, it's, it's a hard, as I said, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah. I definitely believe that through eating a plant-based diet, you will have a greater connection to animals mm. because you understand, well, you, you see there's no difference between a cat and a cow. There's no difference between a dog and a chicken or a pig. Mm-mm. They're all the same sentient beings. They all feel pain. They all feel suffering. They feel joy. They feel relaxation. They feel peace. They feel hunger. Mm-hmm. You know, when I come home every day, I have three cats at the door. <laughs> I like struggle to get in. I'm like, don't come outside. It's dangerous out there. Stay in, stay in. And I've got to, you know, come in and, take turns with greeting them all and that's not just about oh they're hungry they can't wait to have dinner that's part of it because they know when mum comes home at night she's all the first thing she does is yes. feed them of course um, <laughs> of course because you know I, I i am responsible for them i don't want them to feel hungry there's nothing worse than feeling hungry like i get chronic hangries right and so mm-hmm. i'm like i worry that my animals will feel the same and yeah that's you know anthropomorph- i can never say this word anthropomorphism but you know what yeah so what it's the reality they feel hunger um you know they feel excitement when i walk through the door like my youngest cat purrs like a tractor like he's just insane how he purrs he has the loudest purr of a cat i've ever heard and all he wants to do he'll get up on the bench to be at my level like the other two stay on the ground, so I have to go to them and they'll scream at me to go to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for Elvie, he jumps up to be at my level, right? And he just, he, he's like, meow, 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 purr, 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 and just like rubs himself all over me. He's so excited, you know, and you cannot, you cannot say that animals are not sentient. Yes. Like yeah. the UK government seems to believe. Um, mm-hmm. but, and again, I would say, and sure, there's going to be meat, meat eaters out there have great connections to their pets. Of course they do. It's not something that's limited to the plant-based eaters. No, I mean, no, not at all. God, no. That, that would be a bit elitist and what have mm. you. 
but does it mean that I have a greater respect and a greater understanding of the impacts upon um, our non-companion animals? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely yeah. do. Um, yeah. I just can't categorically say whether that connection um, is because I don't eat them. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it absolutely has an impact. I so agree. Mm. You know, and and for us as empaths, it has a, a, a bigger impact as well because we feel so much. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it, it's amazing the, the level of that pain, that hurt, that trauma, that stress that we feel. Um, and then, it, you know, that, that consumption of that. I, it, it's almost like I can't believe that people do not sense that whilst they are eating yeah, that's yeah, right. Right. Yeah, but that's just because, you know, as spiritual beings and we have tapped into that spiritual side of us, we really feel it at that bigger level. And I can appreciate that people that are listening to this may not necessarily understand what that could feel like because they may not have tapped into that yet. Yeah. Um, and people that are listening that are spiritually very much, you know, embracing all those skills and feelings and, and whatever they experience in that place. That, that they would have similar um, experience as well, that they can feel that. Um, you yeah. know, when I walk past a butcher or I see a truck come past that goes to a butcher, you know, that I'm already, my, eyes. my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, that you feel that all that, that, that trauma, that stress um, come through. And, and at the time, I'm always curious to learn from people uh, like yourself what impact it has on us as a spiritual being. Yeah. I, being plant-based, you know, living plant-based and being really focused on helping our physical body support the energy body. And therefore we have a much better connection so that we can be more connected to ourselves, to the soul being that we are, but we also have a much stronger soul-to-soul connection with the animals, yeah. earth, the spirit realms, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that's where my question, I think, came from. Maybe I didn't ask it in the right way, but that's where my question came from. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, we are all, impact. yeah, yeah, we are all spiritual beings. Mm. Cats and dogs, cows, chickens, pigs, horses, birds, they're not robots, right? No. Um, and it's funny because if I see, I love cows. Cows are some of my favourite animals. Yeah. And I'll go up to them and I'll say, if they appear scared, it's, like, it's okay because I'm not going to eat you. Mm. They can't understand me, but maybe they feel the energy. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not sure, but um, sometimes they'll just run away anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand it. I'm not going to eat them, so they shouldn't be scared of me. But yeah, I understand it. It's like they have a fear of humans, which is, is, is good for them to have a fear of humans. Mm. There's a reason. There's, it's reasonable to be fearful of humans because humans eat animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, humans do horrible, not all humans, but humans have the ability and many do hurt animals in many shocking ways. Um, and so that fear is reasonable. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and I guess from what you said, it is about um, 
understanding the spiritual connection, understanding that we are all spiritual beings and the influence of not eating animals, of course it's going to give you a greater understanding. Mm. Um, Because if people are choosing to not eat animals for the sake of animals as opposed to health, the environment, Mm. um, then they already have that. They would already have that understanding that animals matter, mm-hmm. you know, they deserve to live their lives. They deserve to be free from suffering, free from harm. Yes, um, yes. You know, if you're a believer in God, you know, that's a whole other conversation about, you know, what the Bible says because there's different translations, right? But, um, you know, when humans have this belief that we are superior and therefore everything is here for us. And that's, that's just ego. That's, that's, um, that's not the bad side of ego. That's not, that's not reality. Um, it just isn't. And yeah, there's so many things I could say. Yeah. Only that come from my brain to my mouth or from my spirit to my mouth. As we spoke about before we, before the form mm. part of this, about how the brain, how it relates to the spirit and da 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 da. But yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so your work with animals have how is what am I asking? So, your work with animals, what is the impact for them? Being folk, like focusing on the naturopathic side of things. Yeah. What impact do you bring to the animals on, around that? So first and foremost, um, and for humans to be able to understand it from a human perspective, mm. there's a lot of research on the brain-gut connection, da-da-da-da-da. Um, now, when you're, not feed, when you're not eating the right food, when you're exposed to high levels of toxins, mm-hmm. when you st- when you stop eating that kind of food, like the kind of food I'm talking about, and this applies equally to animals and humans, is, you know, the heavily processed food, the packaged Mm. food um, in the middle of the supermarket, um, which is expanding out. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, the insurmountable toxins that are around us. Mm. Um, When you make a concerted effort to reduce your exposure to environmental toxins, to reduce your exposure to toxins that are in processed packaged foods. Mm-hmm. You then go and then like if you do a detox, right, and you stop eating that stuff and then you then go back and eat it, you have an instant reaction. You're like, oh, wow, that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. giving your body a break. So with animals, you know, majority of animals are eating a very processed diet. We... They can't come and say to us, I don't, I don't feel great. I mean, if you're an animal communicator, sure, right? Um, but, you know, <laughs> the average Joe and Jill, yes. my cats are coming to me and saying, hey, mum. Like I can see it because I'm, 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 I'm aware of symptoms presenting that something's not right. Yes. Um, but you're not, if you're not, you're not eating, or the animals aren't eating the foods that are going to support them that are going to enable them to live a life without disease, which they should be able to live. Yes. Um, yes. So by eating those wrong foods, by being exposed daily to, say, household household chemicals, um, 
you know, a lot of people are using household chemicals, you know, the more natural inclined like us, you know, we're not, but the majority of people are using household chemicals and their animals are, you know, they don't have a protective layer of clothing. Mm-mm. They they lie around on the ground on, you know, on, in my case, my cats on benches. Um, you know, they're, they're walking around with no protective covering on their feet. However, I did see a greyhound the other day wearing these cute little socks and I was like, it's yeah. a great idea to reduce the you know, toxins that they're picking up through their feet. Yes. And then they're so brilliant. Um, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, um, so they're, they're, they're exposed to a greater level than we are. Yes. So the impacts on their health, of course they're having, sorry, of course that's going to have an impact on their health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, animals are now suffering from the same diseases as humans are. Um, and in my view, that is for the same reasons, the increased mm-hmm. consumption of processed foods, the increased exposure to environmental toxins. Um, and so... So <laughs> when they're... You know, also with the increased exposure, they're, you know, lying on the floor, they're licking themselves, they're self-grooming. So they're not like us, they don't have a shower. And then we're not, you know, we're not there going to, to, and absorbing it that way. So, yeah, that is all of those things combined, um, the processed food, the environmental toxins are going to um, contribute or are more likely to contribute to disease. Mm-hmm. My approach with helping um, animals is, through the animal naturopathy, is to provide animals with the right kind of food with the reduced exposure to toxins so that they can live a life free from disease and die from old age, Mm -hmm. which we should also, we should just be dying because our bodies are starting to shut down. Yes. Not because we have cancer or um, heart conditions or obesity or Mm. diabetes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not dying because of that. We're dying because our bodies are simply shut down. Run out. <laughs> Run out. Nothing left. Exactly. We're only here for seven Yeah. So, again, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I answered your question because I do have a tendency to go off on a tangent. It's okay. No problem. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that is still... Mm helpful um and i guess i do kind of remember the question in terms of using the naturopathic principles for animals Mm -hmm. Um, and that's essentially there's many there's many different um aspects to animal naturopathy the same way that there is for human naturopathy so looking looking at the physical body um looking at the energetic body so i Mm -hmm. I include that in there as well um physical body in terms of um internally and externally Mm-hmm. So what's going on inside organ health, what's going on outside physical structure, muscles, yes. Yes. things like that. Um, and applying that holistic approach, not just going, okay, well, my cat has a urinary tract infection. Let's just focus on the urinary tract. If the cat has a urinary tract infection, um, there's more than like, there's something else going on. There's an imbalance. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we create a balance? Mm-hmm. It's not just by, okay, here, take these drugs for your urinary tract infection. But that's mm-hmm. going to create problems in itself because you're introducing more toxins into the cat. It's about, okay, well, that's the imbalance is presenting as that symptom. So we're mm-hmm. not going to fix that imbalance just by focusing on the symptom. 
we need to look at the whole animal. We need to look at what is the animal eating? What is the, what is the animal's exercise like? Are they getting enough exercise? Um, you know, what's their exposure to toxins? You know, how do they feel? Are they, are they stressed? Are they confused? Are they, do they have past trauma that's impacting on their health? Mm-hmm. So looking at all of those things um, and then creating um, a treatment plan that's going to deal with each of those things. Yes, uh, yes. Not all at once mm-hmm. um, to create more stress within the body. Mm-hmm. Um, the healing journey is, um, you know, with from a natural perspective, is a slow journey, um, yeah. but it's a safe journey, and it's about achieving longevity. Yes, yeah, exactly. Fixing the UTI, but also fixing other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. We don't know about because unlike humans, when we go to doctors or naturopaths, we can say, "Oh, you know." I'm trying to, I was going to say something, I was like, mm, but it doesn't matter. My poo's a bit runny. Yeah. Constipated. Or I have these really bad gut pains. Or I have this really sore shoulder pain. You know, the cats and dogs for the average Joe and Joe lips are kind of just like, yeah. And also because cats and dogs have to reveal based on their, you know, instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to appear strong and hardy because, you know, it, the weakest one gets attacked by the lion, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. they have this instinct, this instinctual um, capacity to appear yeah. healthy, to appear strong. Yeah. Uh, but they will also show signs that they're not, and it's about, about being able to pick up on those signs. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually quite a good learning for us too, because we are often so focused on our animals, um, yeah. in particular when we have companion animals, that you know, we, we help them solve their, you know, physical ailments. Um, but we don't then refer that back to us. Uh, what yes. I've seen as well, working with animals is that sometimes they present with certain ailments, behaviors, things like that, that the humans are actually showing as well, yeah. you know? So I'm, I'm wondering, do you experience the same? Have you worked with animals that come with an ailment that the person around the animal also suffers from my um being totally raw and frank here my youngest cat Elvie, who's the one who has the greatest level of um you know he was hospitalized four times last year Mm -hmm. um for urinary issues so i often use urinary as an example because i know it so well um i took him to a number of vets um a couple of vets including even a holistic vet um said you need to feed this food hills royal cannon i'm like no i would never recommend to my cl- that to my clients and i will not feed that to my animals because that is not going to help the starters i don't think my cat's going to eat it but you know even if it does fix the problem which is unlikely what are the long term of in- long term impacts of feeding that food yes which is not exactly which is, is not contain enough nutrients for hmm. my cat um and and also just you know take these drugs or you can always you know operate on your cat um i can't remember the name wow um you know essentially it means cutting off his penis i'm like okay this is ridiculous because you know what i did the research on it and by doing that operation that actually doesn't clear up the crystals the crystals will still appear Mm. it just Mm. the likelihood of blockage 
I'm like, I'm sorry, but that is not a solution. The, no. re- the reason my cat is getting this condition over and over and over again is because he is severely stressed out because we are renovating our house. It is too loud for him. It is scaring him. Mm. And this is how he presents that fear. He yes. By getting by his urine going alkaline, crystals forming, because his urine should be acidic, crystals forming, then getting the blockage. Yeah. That is him saying, I am shit scared and I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with this. Mm. Mm. And so changing his diet and cutting off his penis is not going to help this issue. No. Now, you know, he was stressed. I was stressed because you know, mm. renovating the house is stressful, right? Yes. Um, not only is he stressed, but he's also picking up on my stress, which is exacerbating his stress. Yes. And I'm then stressing more because I'm like, I can't be so stressed because then he's going to get more stress. So <laughs> vicious totally, it's a vicious cycle. And so totally the way we are feeling, the way we are dealing with life, mm. of course it has an impact upon our pets because yes. they're with us. They're in our space. They have a greater ability to sense energy than we do, you know. Mm-hmm. We're all energetic beings, but they don't have the problem of having a human brain or a human ego to interfere and they also don't have the, you know, the media bombarding them, you know. They don't have people telling them this is the way it is and don't believe that crap and, you know, they're all airy-fairy people and da-da-da-da. They don't have any of that. No, no. They don't, they don't speak human, right? Mm. So now I've lost my body again. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I hope the listeners do as well. But. Yes. So what we're hearing is that we also need to absolutely focus on ourselves. Totally. Making sure that we are very well so yep. that our pets are well as well. Yes. Yep. Yep. Because and leaving that connection is already automatically there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's sensing in a heartbeat. You know, if you ever watch, and I'll use Elvie as an example again, um, when there's a noise um, outside that he doesn't recognise, he, he has the most fearful response out of all of my three cats, mm-hmm. um, which is a learned behaviour. He was, he was not like that when I first, um, when he first entered my life. Um, last year with the renovations caused has caused long-term problems with him. He is now a much more fearful cat. Um, my stress levels have reduced because of, you know, changes in personal circumstances. Mm. But he's, he does that have that higher reaction to stress. Mm. And so I'm being cognizant of that. I do my very best to leave the stressors of life outside of my home. Yes. Um, if I know there's going to be a difficult conversation that I'm having with someone, whether it's in person or on the phone, I get out of my apartment. Yes, yes, yes. Um, because if I'm having a heated conversation, he will. He will look at me and be like, he'll just stare at me. And I'm like, it's all right, darling. And I'm like, mm. I need to get out of this space because yeah. he's wanting this yeah. in a way that I don't want him to. And I don't want him. He hasn't been sick since January. Um, and that speaks volumes into the impacts of reducing the stress in my life to help him. Yes. I didn't need to change his food to Royal, uh, Royal Cannon or Hills. I didn't need to 
put him under the stress of having an operation that cuts off. Oh, exactly. Problem. What I needed to do was to reduce the stress levels in his environment. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And there was wow. some diet manipulation as well. Um, yes. So I'm, I, I thought, okay, how can I mimic the scientific benefits of royal cannon and heels, but still provide him a diet that's going to give him optimum nutrition? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I played around with, you know, the magnesium levels, the calcium levels, all of that to make sure to reduce the ability of the crystals developing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whereas the average Joe who's not an animal naturopath would just take the vet's advice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. creates great concern within me mm. about the long-term impacts of following that advice. Mm. Not vets. Like I, I, I still take my cats to vets. Of course I do. You know, I can't, I can't fix a broken limb. No, no, exactly. And sometimes there are things that the symptoms have gotten so bad that it needs immediate quick intervention. Mm-hmm. And the natural approach is not immediate quick fix. No, no. Right? And so sometimes it's about, okay, yes, you're going to need to take this immediate yeah. quick fix chemical toxin medication. Yeah. That's okay. Don't stress about it because you stress about it. You know, you talked about the impact. Yeah. Yes. That's okay because you can mm. help the body to process the toxins out without impacting on the benefit of those medica- medications. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Is there something that you can share with the audience that we can perhaps be more aware of in relation to our animals and being as natural as we can be for them? Yeah, I think it's about remembering that we humans and animals alike, we all have needs for vitamins, minerals, nutrients, protein, carbohydrates is a bit different for animals. Um, They don't actually have... um, a nutritional need for carbohydrates. They do need protein and they do need fat. Hello. Oh. Technology. Oh, hopefully that goes okay with the recording. (laughs) Um, All of a sudden you froze and I didn't hear anything and then everything started to reboot itself. And I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, okay, so I think I was saying, I was talking about vitamins, minerals, protein, carbohydrates, yes. fat. Yes. How much fat did you get? So I asked about um, what we can be more aware of for the audience. Okay, so I think I'll just, I'll, I'll just yes. answer that question. So we'll take it from that question again. Yeah, yep. Yep. perfect. So what was the question? <laughs> What is the one thing that we can, that you could, um, like a hint or a tip that you can share with the audience that we can be more aware of how, um, or maybe even start the more natural approach for our animals? Yeah. So I think it's about understanding we as humans have certain needs for um, macronutrients and micronutrients, our protein, our carbohydrates, our fat, our vitamins and our minerals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our cats and dogs are mammals like we are. They also have nutrient requirements for macronutrients and micronutrients. Their requirements are predominantly for protein and fat, very minimal carbohydrates. They, from a nutritional perspective, they actually don't need carbohydrates. Um, and they also have need vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things, the proteins, the fats, the minimal carbohydrates, um, the, the vitamins and minerals need to be provided if you're wanting your animal to be in a state of optimum health, optimum yes. wellness 
for longevity to be with you as long as as long as possible yeah. mm. um, and also that means that they're going to feel better within themselves if they're getting all the nutrients they need so they will be happier mm-hmm. so again the propensity for getting sick will decrease because inside they feel better um so thinking about okay well what's the best way what's the best food i can feed my cat or my dog um, that is going to provide them with sufficient protein, with sufficient fats, with sufficient vitamins and minerals and minimal carbohydrates that are go, that's going to give them the balance that they need um, and the nutrients that they need in a way that they can absorb it as well. So if you look at, say, dry food, which I think is the most commonly fed pet food yes. across the globe, right? Yeah, yeah, would be. Very extremely processed. And as I always say to clients who are feeding dry food when they, you know, book in to see me, I say, okay, if you think about the original ingredients, so the meat that's in there, the bone, you know, bone the meat that's in there, the organ meats, the, the vegetables, the fruit, the grains that are in there. In their original state, how do you get them from that original state? dried biscuit hmm it's a lot of heat it's a lot of processing yes after all of that heat and after all that and a lot of additives put in there Mm. it's like it always you know it always um gets me because i'm like why do you need to add flavor into your food it's got it's got the meat, it's got the fats, it's got the veggies, the fruit, the grains, the da, da, da. It should have it, it should have its own flavour. The problem is it, it doesn't, or the flavour has changed. Mm. It's been so highly heated and so highly processed. Yeah. The fact as well is that there is nutrient loss. And so what happens, you'll look at a food and you'll go, okay, well, as I do, look, looking at food labels all the time you'll say, oh, yeah, it's got all these vitamins and minerals in there. That's because legally they need to put these vitamins and minerals in there to make sure that it's balanced. And, yes, those vitamins and minerals are necessary. Um, the problem is is that they will be synthetically produced. So they won't be from food, which means mm-hmm. there's going to be a uh, difficulty absorbing. Mm-hmm. Cats and dogs like us, we better absorb our nutrients from our food than from a, a synthetically created pill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then and then <laughs> I'm looking at my cat to inspire me to muffle my brain to work. <laughs> and then you can do editing process, yes. natural minerals processed flavors. Okay. And then you've also got um, preservatives in there and things like that. So that kind of food, your cat and dog, sure, will survive. Your cat may live to 15, 17, sure. Um, There's always exceptions to the rule as well. Like the same person that someone can smoke till they're 90. Yes. And they never have any issue. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. But, you know, there's genetics that plays a part. There's, you know, what else are they doing in their life? Sometimes it's just like, wow, that's insane. The same can happen with cats and dogs. You know, a, a cat could be eating dry food the whole, whole life. She doesn't have any issue. She she falls down dead when she's 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, that would be the minimum. So to ensure that your cat or your dog has the best chance of living for as long as they can whilst feeling 
good and healthy. Mm. You want to feed fresh food, real food, food that contains naturally occurring nutrients, macronutrients and micronutrients. That kind of food, they're going to be, be able to absorb the nutrients from it. They're also eating something that's natural to them. Like another thing I say to clients all the time is, again, with the dry food example, when have you seen a cat and a dog, or if we use their ancestors, an African wild cat or a wolf, sitting in the wild by the fireplace cooking their, their food? They don't do it because their natural anatomy, and yes, there's been changes, grad, you know, small changes in the anatomy of cats and dogs, more so with dogs and cats, because dogs have been domesticated for a much longer period mm-hmm. of time than cats. There has been adaptations, but not to the extent that they can absorb nutrients from a food that's been cooked to death. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's also about the energy that's in the food, the mm-hmm. light that's in the food. Mm-hmm. There's no energy, there's no light. Yeah. You want to be eating you and your cats and dogs, I'm sure, want to be eating food that is alive. Absolutely, yes. It is going to bring life. Yes. Right? Not death. No, not death, no. Life. Um, and so, yeah, I, well, my biggest tip is to think about um, how then do you, what kind, of, what kind of food is it that makes mm-hmm. up this diet? Um, you know, and it's and, and food that's going to give them the nutrients that they need as well. So, um, and this, you know, might not be great for the, the vegans who are listening or the plant-based people who are listening, but, I mean, for cats as obligate carnivores, um, you know, for dogs as well, this is relevant. Um, organ meats are a power, a nutrient, a nutrient powerhouses. They contain very high amounts of vitamins and minerals. For example, liver is a great source of vitamin E, vitamin E, antioxidant, anti-aging vitamin. So really important to that. For cats, they need taurine. They don't produce enough taurine. Um, so they need taurine added, whereas dogs don't need taurine added. The best source of taurine for cats is from heart. Mm. So it's about knowing what they need and where it comes from and making sure they're getting it in sufficient quantities. Um, yes. And also feeding the best quality that you can afford or the best mm. quality that is available to you. Um, so if you can afford organic and if you can um, have access to organic, then it is feeding organic. The same way yes. it's best for us to eat organic also for our cats and dogs because of contamination. Mm-hmm. Um, and variety is important as well. And if you think about it, the listeners, you know, think about it, it's like what I'm saying, it's also relevant to human health. Absolutely. Yeah, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. The, the principles of nutrition, of health are the same. Yeah. It's just about adapting it to the, the species' needs. Yes. So cats are obligate carnivores. Dogs, hmm, there's, there's a bit of a debate about this, but I ref, like to refer to dogs as being carn, carnivores with omnivorous tendencies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's research that shows, I mean, this research has been criticised, um, but it shows that dogs' DNA has changed from the wolf, that they can actually digest grains. The research doesn't go into whether grains provide them with optimum health. They don't need grains, that's for certain. So why mm-hmm. give it? Um, grains is a common ingredient in pet food because it's cheap. Yeah, but it can cause all sorts of skin conditions and, oh, my goodness. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so fresh is best. There are a lot of um, there are a lot more prepackaged options out there. When I work with clients, um, 
you know, I take into consideration their budget. I take into consideration their lifestyle mm. and always give options for pre for pre-packaged and also for home prepared. If they mm. definitely know they're not going to do home prepared, then it's pre-packaged. And I recommend a certain variety of um, pre-packaged pet foods yeah, exactly. um, that provide them with everything they need in the best way that they're going to absorb the mm. nutrients and it's going to promote health rather than disease. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ruth. It's amazing to have you oh, here. Yeah. And on behalf of the animals, I thank you so much for being an animal naturopath because I believe that we need more people like you around the earth um, to help them from a natural perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Thank you very much, Bianca. Awesome. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to yet another inspiring episode of Connecting Soul Beings podcast. I love receiving your comments, stories and feedback as they are truly inspiring. So please take some time to comment on this episode below. If you love the show, you can help us by sharing and liking it via your favorite podcast platform and our website. And if you feel that we can work together in helping you to connect to your inner self and the animals, then hop on over to BiancaDeRose.com or find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram under BiancaDeRose. Thank you again so much. Say hi to your pet from me and stay connected with love and grace.